Welcome back to the Work For It podcast. Before we get into the show, I want to shout out our supporters. First of all, all you guys over at Patreon that support us, we couldn't do the show without you. Thank you so much. It's nice and cheap. If you're not a supporter, go ahead and jump over to patreon.com and look us up at Work For It podcast. For $1 a month, you can support us and keep this show rolling. You'll also get an after show and you'll be able to ask us questions that we'll discuss in the after show. I also want to show Shout out Maritime Knife Supply. That is the best place to find your, you know, knife making or making in general, you know, supplies. The, Lawrence Lake over there has some fantastic stuff. Gets it to you really quick, and it's nice and cheap. Can't go wrong there. Also, check out Baker Forge and Tool. If you are a knife maker and you want to take your knives up to the next level, check out Baker Forge and Tool at BakerForge.com. Let's get into the show. Man, oh man, is this going to be a weird episode. I don't think it's going to be weird. I think it's going to (laughs) be awesome. We're down two people. Brian House is gone. Ben Butler's gone. So who other than Justin Laramieux can step in and save the day? Justin, how the hell are you? Oh, man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm back in the shop. I'm back at the grinder doing some work. So uh, it feels good. It feels good to get my hands dirty again. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You've been doing like house renos and all sorts of stuff. What, uh, where are you at in the the progress right now? We are painting on the walls in the living room. Everything's going up with that, which means all of the couch and stuff that was in the living room is now into other rooms, which makes all of those oh, rooms nice and tight hard to walk through whatever and we're getting paint up on the wall but at the same time i'm trying to get some work out in the shop get some organizing down and uh yeah it's it's just been pretty crazy but what what's going on in your shop justin um you know i i came off like a three-month editing stunt pretty much and i sat down for a couple weeks worked on my website and designed a couple kind of different knife models so i'm working on those i want to test them out before putting them out in the wild so that's kind of where i'm at you jumped through a lot of different topics and we sure got to talk about all yeah. of them let's start on the website what did you do differently with the website um <laughs> well okay so this is my third rendition of my website i've i did it once and then you kind of like look at it you know, and how and go man it's not so great i did it a second time and it stayed like that for probably over a year and now that it's on my third run i changed the uh like the template the the background kind of like automatic website builder um that you can get through shopify i forget what they're called anyway um so i re i put a new one changed up the images changed up all the the wording and uh images products everything's new on it pretty much so it sounds like you didn't switch from like shopify to one of the other ones you know you, you just stuck with it yeah yeah i stuck with shopify it's been good to me so far i haven't had many issues i'm not like I, I, like to be truthful i haven't sold a heck of a lot of knives <laughs> so like i'm still fine with the system so far um it's easy to use so i'm i'm sticking to it hey man i mean if it's if it's not broke don't fix it what's yeah. what's wrong with that you know you're you're on uh squarespace i am on squarespace that's just the one and you know it was kind of goofy because i set it up because i thought brian house was on squarespace right. and then i i spent you know a couple of days setting it up getting it the way i want and then on the next show, it was like, oh, I just set it up through Squarespace, just like you, Brian. He was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hate to break it to you, but I'm on Shopify. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I did look at both systems, and I have used Squarespace in the past for a different website. Um, I didn't get to the point where I was actually using it for retail on Squarespace, okay. but it they were so similar. Yeah. Like, so, so similar. I think... Shopify has more different apps that you can add on to your website so you can add different features like right now I added an uh, an SMS thing so if someone goes on the website they could sign up for uh, text messaging when I put out 
an, a new blog post or a new product or stuff like that. I'm not sure exactly how it works yet, but it's on there now. That's huge because like, you know, I'm really looking at the future where, you know, maybe social media isn't very viable for knife makers or quote unquote weapon sellers like us. Yeah. So, well, I see it more as we're marketing to ourselves. Like I'll look at a, a post that I, I put out there and it's like, oh, all the knife makers like my knife. Oh, awesome. Right. <laughs> like no one's good. None of these guys want to buy one because yeah. they all make their own. So it's kind of like not a waste of time. I feel like it's a, a good place to be, but I don't think it's the necessarily the right thing to be doing for all your marketing. Yeah. Um... Well, for myself anyway. Yeah, and it's going to change person to person. I've noticed that, you know, every time I put up a post of a fillet knife or a nano chopper or a couple different things, you know, I can get some orders. Like, it, it seems like I have about maybe 60% knife makers and 40%. Well, no, that's probably a little bit generous. I would say probably 80-20 between knife makers and actual knife buyers. Right. So there's still that 20% that'll see it that might actually pull the trigger on something, mm -hmm. but it does really seem like I'm posting to other knife makers who obviously will not buy my knife. <laughs> right, right. But you're, you do something that I haven't seen too many people do either, and that's having a call to action. You often like end a video with like, this is available on my website. Go check it out at Beacon Knives. So you, you do have like this instinctual like come buy my shit <laughs> right, <laughs> at right. the end which and is like a good like it's a strategy you need to have something out there like that so have you i mean I, i've seen a couple times where you will ask a question in your post where right. you're like give some sort of a call to action not necessarily to go and buy something off your website mm -hmm. but to answer a question or get a conversation going in the comments right i guess where where have you seen the upsides with that um just interactivity i'm yeah. like a lot of it is just play like i put one out about uh uh what was it stock removal isn't knife making a couple weeks ago or last week actually and lots of people interacted with it just because it was like it was bait yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was bait no it's not yes it is and like you get the arguments going and it was just it was just for fun so uh it's does it help? Maybe it increases my reach because it gets more likes and then more comments and then it gets spread out a little bit further. Yeah, and it's it's those those posts that spread outside of your followers that reach. yeah, I, it's it's that reach getting outside of your own bubble that can make or break something. Right, and it it's just so frustrating when you see you post. Like you use you use all the hashtags you're supposed to use. You do a call to action, and like eighty to ninety percent of what you put out there still stays within your small little bubble, and right. even will only show to like ten percent of your followers. And that's okay. So, so I've heard this on a few podcasts. It's been like pretty topical lately. Yeah. So, yeah. what are you doing to like other than Instagram? <laughs> a flounder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> honestly like it's it's come down to you know i'm i i don't really know what to do because i've started knife making and i've gotten all this way solely off of instagram and facebook sales a little bit of tiktok i have youtube but i've never actually gotten a sale maybe one or two off of youtube okay. so it's it's you know youtube is really more of the you know, see the process, have fun watching that entertainment, but I very rarely see a profit off of the YouTube videos I put up. Right, right. Um, Instagram is kind of hit or miss. Facebook seems to be where most of the buyers will go from or will come from, but okay. also getting terrible reach on Facebook right now. And it's just kind of like, you know, I need to find another aspect. And right. I have no idea where to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I'm listening to an audiobook right now called, I'll bring it up. It is Get Different by Mike Michalowicz. Okay. Um, and it's just about marketing. So I'm, I'm just in the second, second chapter right now, but it's kind of interesting on just the, the change mindset a little bit, 
and think about like how to market a little bit differently. So I, I also, don't know. I, I, I always have either a podcast or an audiobook in my ears, just not just entertainment, but just have someone smarter in my ears talking to me. <laughs> so you're saying if you listen to a podcast, they should be smart. Uh, well, no, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, all of you listeners who have been listening to me for a while. Uh, <laughs> I didn't... No, but like we've been enjoying your journey, right? Sure, we've seen sure. you like starting off and then building up and getting a new place and getting a new shop. These are all like character development things that we can follow along and enjoy. So we're here for the entertainment. But sure. you guys do talk a lot about like the the new tools in the shop how brian's developing his products right all these things that that do help us and kind of make us think outside of our personal bubble of like just making the normal stuff so sure sure we're learning yeah i guess i guess um so you're talking about finding you know we're, we're kind of rapping about reach and getting outside of our bubble and different things that you could do now, for some knife makers, especially at the beginning of Forged and Fire, you know, right when that was coming out and people were looking up every single competitor and following them and, you know, the competitors were getting a huge boost just for being on the show. Yeah. You know, you've kind of engineered that version for yourself within your own local Canadian, you know, TV with Fire and Slice. Right, right. Um before we were we had our interview before you had finished on that process and now you're on the other end of things right what, what's going on with the fire and slice it's delivered i'm hell done. yeah nice <laughs> i'm so happy about that that was uh, a really good day of like grabbing all the camera gear that they had borrowed me to or lent me to be able to film it and then bringing it back downtown winnipeg bringing it up the elevator handing in my hard drive uh, so that he can uh, transfer it to his computer. Right now, it is being subtitled. They add their kind of bumpers on the video so that they have their personal branding on it. Okay. And uh, I'm just I'm just sitting here waiting. I'm like I'm itching for it to go live. <laughs> it's it's a little bit difficult. Tell me how it turned out versus how you thought it would turn out when it first started. I think it pretty much turned out how I wanted it to turn out. There's like, obviously there's, there's always going to be things that I wish I could have done and sure. like, like anything. Um, but it turned out pretty much exactly the way I wanted it to. At one point I did submit the original video or not the original video, like my first edits. And he came back saying like, Oh no, <laughs> you got to do something different. And I was like, okay, hang on. Let me go back to the drawing board. And so I, I did that several times. So when he said, oh no, you have to do something different. Like, was it a full reshoot, you know, change the whole idea of the show or was it more kind of minor tweaks and, you know, things you had to change? Uh, structurally, like any story you can start at different points in the timeline and I had my timeline start at the end of the filming. So with the knife delivery. So I Whoa. was like, I'm delivering my knife. You meet the character that I'm delivering the knife to. And then I'm going through the construction of the entire knife and then the reveal of the knife at the end. Okay. And it was just like, I had filmed a ton. Like I filmed everything like absolutely everything. So it was really hard for me to like filter out what should be removed and what should stay there. And that was a process of like editing all three episodes, getting to the end and then learning a bunch of stuff and restarting over and over again. Like I, like I've, I edited the snot out of these videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was a lot. So I guess your original structure is seeing the finished project and how the person responds to it and then going back and watching it build, be built is yeah. kind of flipped on its head from what you normally see. Like the old, um, you know, the, the old, um, oh, shoot, what was that show called with Ice Cube? You know, Pimp Your Ride. Right. Where right. You, you see the person and they, oh, man, I, I want this and this. And then you see it develop. 
Right. Well, this, you see the end product, and then you see how it was, you know, engineered from the beginning. Yeah, I feel it, like that would have been an interesting twist on that idea. I, I thought it was good in that original sense, but it was messy. Like, no doubt about it, it was a, it was messy. Um, I, it would still work that way. It's a storytelling technique. Start with the end and then bounce back to the beginning. It, you see it in a lot of movies. Sure. But, uh, yeah, they were, they were like, okay, we want we want an actual introduction like a tv show like you need that 45 second run in where you're like all excited about knife making and i was like okay <laughs> i could do this so i i ended up watching netflix like all these uh uh blown away that like the it's a tv show on glass blowers the metal shop masters and yep. like they all have like an intro structure that's really similar so i was like all right let's just analyze these figure out how they did it reverse engineer it and make up my own intro and it turned out good it's pretty much what you see in the trailer okay just a little bit longer yeah all right all right um so what are the next steps like when when are we going to be able to see it because i guess a little bit behind the scenes i actually messaged on instagram the i forget the name of the canadian um, TV producer or TV channel that it's on. Okay. But I, I just kind of reached out to me like, Hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a knife maker down in the States. I heard about the fire and slice and I would love me and a few of my buddies would love to support this by watching it. How can right. we watch it? And they literally just said, Hey, we're sorry. It's not going to be available in your area and uh, tough luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. They, they're hanging on to it for their region. So You'll have to see it some other way, Brian. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. Just just kind of, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Yeah, but it's yeah. just kind of bizarre to me that, you know, I would feel that if you have a show on your platform, you would want to spread it as far and as wide as you possibly can to bring more attention to your platform and potential other shows on your platform. Well, I so, think it, it's probably with something to do with the broadcast rates. And oh. it's their region as well so if they were to like go beyond there it limits my ability to sell it after they're done with it because oh. i think they get they get six months exclusivity and then i could turn around and do whatever i want with it like i could put it behind a paywall on like a self-serve kind of like i think it's called you screen so you okay. can like kind of do like your own personal netflix thing um but I, ideally i would just uh I don't know, sell it to someone else so that they can deal with it. Now, you already have a show up on Amazon Prime, which yeah. we talked about a little bit before. I guess, do, have you thought <laughs> Have you thought through where you're going to drop this thing afterwards? Are, oh, I never you... thought of that, actually. That's not a bad idea. Like, And at the same time, you need high volume viewership for it to actually be profitable. Like, sure, I, sure. I think I get like 12 cents a month for... Uh, my show on Amazon. So it's like, it's just, I, I don't think I have my bank account even connected to it. It's just like, <laughs> it's probably at like $3 now or something. Oh man, you can yeah, get yourself I... a double double for that. <laughs> I'll get myself one grinding belt. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Over at Maritimes, nice, nice supply. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. So I guess, um, what, where do you see, do you see yourself doing a show like this again? Or is this kind of a one and done type deal? Um, oh, I would do it again. Like it was, it was fun. Like it was difficult, but enjoyable. And it's like, we started talking about marketing. I think it's a great way to market myself and get paid to do it as well. So def definitely do it again. I don't know. I'd have to make some changes so that I'm way more efficient. I think it was probably learning curve though. Just... It's just like anything. The first yeah. time that you do something, you screw up a thousand different ways. And the second time you kind of know in which direction you're supposed to go. Yeah. 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 I guess, so. you know, what you do well is all of those YouTube videos that I've seen of yours are always really well shot and very interestingly edited. 
No, thanks. Between your challenge, you know, not not a challenge challenge video. Yeah. <laughs> and then also this this um, recent one where you talked about knife photography and you had the little thumbnail with Peter McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. Literally last, I think it was either last night or the night before. When did you drop that? Uh, just a few days ago, yeah. Yeah, the the day that I saw it, I whether it was last night or the night before, I, I saw it and I looked over to Emily. I was like, oh my God, Justin got a collaboration with Peter McKinnon. <laughs> Holy no. shit. And like, you know, you're both Canadians. Yeah, yeah. There's a way that could it could be. Could I be. saw that, I mean, you have the fire slice on the Canadian channel. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's a connection there somewhere. Maybe one day. But no, that's <laughs> like, it, you see it everywhere on, on YouTube that they'll take an image of, uh, Mr. Beast or something and then oh, yeah. talk about Mr. Beast in their video and they'll get a lot of views so I was like you know Peter McKinnon it, it's a channel that I enjoy he talks about photography and stuff and in one of his last videos he was in a, a photo studio trying to like fix it up and whatnot and I was like damn I have to do that <laughs> I've got my little light box or photo box and like I've, I, I have a few axes I want to take pictures of they don't fit in there a big knife doesn't fit in my photo box so let's uh let's do this on the cheap and film a youtube video out of it at the same time you made you made a little structure like a a permanent structure there where you have some some natural looking boards and you yeah. painted back tell me all about this video because it has made it so that i kind of want to set up a little you know set up just like yours now yeah um it's like it's a work in progress still. I don't think I have all the lights right for the setup, but basically I used a bunch of pallets, took them apart and nailed them to my wall in my office here. And I painted a black panel behind the wood before applying it so that if there were cracks that the white lines wouldn't pop through and a kind of like a tabletop surface out of the same wood so I could lay put my knives down on it and take my pictures um basically the idea was to be as cheap as possible so i could do this like without much of a budget the pallets were free as so it took time to take the wood apart and stuff sure um but the idea is or and still is to be able to create more depth in my pictures mm -hmm. like within my photo box you're limited in size for items and you're limited limited in depth. So I wanted to create a space where I could like put my knife, put something in the background and even have some junk in the foreground so that I can have more dynamic pictures. And hopefully the result is being able to uh, attract more buyers. The depth in the photo is something that is so, I mean, it, it, it most knife makers, they'll lay something on the ground or they'll show it in their hand, and it's just kind of an afterthought, the photography. After you spend so much time to make this knife or whatever you're making mm -hmm. so beautiful, the photo photography after at the end seems to be just kind of a slapdash thing for most things. And I have found that if you go out and spend a couple hours and just get everything right, if you're making a batch, you know, yeah. take it out for an hour or two and really spend some time and really be, you know, thoughtful about the composition of your photos. Mm -hmm. Make sure that your 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 point is in one corner and your handle's in another and you're filling the screen with most of your knife, but you have something interesting in the background. And your setup makes it so that you can do something different every time but is still a relatively easy thing to set up. Yeah, yeah. Like outdoor photography, you got to get out there. You got to make sure that it's nice out. Oh, my you God. You don't want to be out when it's like raining or whatever. Well, maybe you do to get that moody photo, but it takes time to physically get out there where if you're shooting indoors or in a studio, it doesn't matter what time of day, what the weather's like. You just do it. Let me tell you, there's been so many times I've gone to down to that same spot on the river. The creek, yeah. And the freaking river looks, you know, has, there's been <laughs> rain a couple days ago, so there's a lot of mud churned up into the river. Oh, so it looks yeah. like a river of, you know what? <laughs> Let's say a chocolate river. <laughs> right, right. And it just looks awful, or the sun's a little bit too far down and you can't quite see right, or, you know, 
a million different things that could go wrong. And there have been times where I've held on to a knife for a little bit longer because I haven't gotten a good photo yet. Yeah. And I, yeah. I need to set up something else for, you know, hey, if it's if it's a nice day out, I can go out and take those pictures. Or, you know, if it's crappy out, I have another setup. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I've yeah, like I have some great outdoor photos that I've taken, but the time invested is much greater than just popping it in the house and, and snapping a picture. But still then you're still working with your lights, you're still taking like half an hour, 40 minutes to get your photo. And then maybe you're putting it into like Lightroom or I use Affinity Photo now. So it's like a photo editing to, I don't know, pop the colors a little bit. Not not trying to like make the, the knife look better than what it is, but like highlight it, right? Yeah. And that's the thing, like, you know, it's not like you're going into Photoshop and, and change, like, oh, there's a scratch, I'm going to get rid of that scratch. Right, right. It's it's all just in the lighting or you're you're taking, I guess my, my big question is, what are you taking your pictures on so that you're set up for, you know, good photo editing, like set it up fat for it? Like what, gear? Yeah, what, tell me about yeah. the gear, because I feel like there's a lot of people out there that really struggle with the photography mm -hmm. side and that is what's going to entice your customers okay sure yeah let's jump into photography yeah, um, why not? you could start with like my first camera was uh canon xsi and that's one of the, not one of the first digital photos it's like a a, a consumer f camera that has the mirror in it so you can like fix the shutter speed change the depth of field you can change the lenses on it um, the aperture whatnot so that's like the one of the earlier the earlier ones I would recommend you could probably go to a t2i or t3i and I'm talking like cameras that are probably like 15 20 years old now and those will have 1080 filming as well so like you can shoot video you can take nice pictures with them where you might want to be um, spending a bit more money is maybe getting a, a nicer lens. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, and I film and shoot with a Canon 7D. So 7D, like the letter D, and it's... Uh, <laughs> Not Canon 70, the number 70. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, it's a little bit higher end than those T2i, T3i. It's uh, aluminum body, so it's a little bit more rugged. And even those, like I picked up a second one just to be able to film better in the in the shop, and I think I paid like a couple hundred bucks, like, and that's a couple of years ago now. So they're right. like, the technology has advanced a lot, but you don't need an eight K camera or four K camera to get nice pictures for sure. Um, yeah, I it's thousand... more about the glass. I agree with that. I've also had some really good. Um, results just from my iPhone and it's right. just I mean it's it's a year or so I mean I I forget is it a 13 or a, I, I don't think it's a new one it's not, definitely not a new one okay I, I just can't remember if my phone's a year old or two years old it's just been a while yeah but um you know if you Beautiful have pictures any sort of phone that's within the last couple years Honestly, your your phone right there on your camera is probably decent enough. What you need, what I I'm gonna kind of counter yours and mm -hmm. say that your lighting and your composition of your photo, so like setting up, you know, something in the foreground, something in the background, and making sure that there's enough soft light on your on your knife or whatever you're trying mm -hmm. to take a photo of. Honestly, I mean. The camera on your phone, as long as it's relatively recent, it's going to be more than dandy for Instagram. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking to Brigham Kendall last week, or after I released this video, and he was like, if I was doing it on my phone, what would you do? And I'd be, I'd, I would do it the exact same way. But for the processing, I would recommend using uh, Snapseed as an app. And okay. within Snapseed, you can control brightness, contrast, details. You can tweak your image to make it look as nice as you can. Yeah, um, I guess I've never played around with Snapseed, but I've had Lightroom on my on my phone. 
I think it must be similar because he mentioned that uh, app as well. Yeah, Lightroom, I think I just have – I'm pretty sure that I only have access to it because of my buddy Kyle who has okay. like a paid whatever. I know that there's some sort of a fee, but he just gave me the login, you know, kind of hush-hush. Is that deal. on your computer or on your phone? Right there on my phone. Okay. Yeah. Nice and simple. Because Lightroom exists on computer as well, so. Oh, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a, like a, another photo editing app. Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't take too much. You just sit there with the sliders and slide up, slide down. Okay, and how does it look better? And then kind of fine tune into where you're going. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, it really, it's it's something that's slept on that I think that a lot of people would get a lot of, you know, added benefits to their Instagram feed and therefore sales just by taking that time. Well, it's one of those things where, again, <laughs> first time it might take you a little bit longer. It might not be as pretty as you had hoped or the results are, are not as great. But then after four or five times, you do it and you get quicker at it and you get better at it. You know which sliders to hit and it's, it becomes second nature. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Do it. Are you ready? Yeah. So, you know, taking photography and photography in general is something that I feel is slept on by a lot of people. Do you have something else in the making world that you feel is slept on? Ooh, within the making world? Yeah. I mean, the, the people who are listening are listening for tips and tricks for knife making or making in general. I'm not sure what you mean, like products or like something that people aren't doing that they should be doing. A thousand percent open-ended. <laughs> Throw whatever you want at the oh, wall. Man. See if it sticks. Um, shoot, it's a loaded question. It is. It you know it's one I'd have to reflect on. I'll, I'll think about it and maybe we can double back to it. Sure, sure. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. Here's something that just closed up that went in way way better than you know. I feel like, I guess a better way to say this is you know you guys all helped Neil Warren in a huge way. And be it those of you who made something for the the uh, mega raffle, be it the people who supported him by sharing it or buying tickets, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like Neil is set up in such a su such a much better position than where he was before it started off. He got himself an even heat. He's you know got some money in the bank to support his you know knife making career as well as his you know, son who is special needs. And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like it went so well. And I'm just I don't know, I just I'm getting the, you know, warm and fuzzies just thinking about how it all went over. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the full feed there, but it went well. <laughs> yeah, I, I jumped on trying to be like the the MC Mike keeping things going because Neil okay. was on there. He was in his car hooked up to a Wi-Fi at some sort, like a Walmart or something like oh, that. Oh, man. Because yeah. he doesn't, I mean, out where he's at, there's no internet that is worth a crap. I've Aha. I've had probably two or three different tries at recording a show, like a an interview with him, that oh, have just gone to the wayside <laughs> because his internet cuts out or it doesn't quite download all the way. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, here's Neil out in his car trying to do this mega raffle, raffle. with 40, uh. 40 prizes. And he's like, you know, sitting in his car because that's the only place where he can get reliable internet. Yeah, yeah. So I just Not jumped on. Yeah, I jumped on and tried to, you know, liven up the party and keep things going while he's looking things up or switching around papers and whatnot. Oh. But good guy, good guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's over with. And I am so I'm so happy with how it went. Yeah, you, you had a knife in there. I did. I did. Yeah. Do you know who won it? <laughs> um, I should know off the top of my head. I sent it out uh, a couple days ago, okay. but I do not remember who it was. Oh, it wasn't okay. a maker. It was a single mother, if I remember correctly. Oh, nice. And it happens to be a, a hunting knife, so I'm not sure what she's going to use it for. I mean, I, I mean, maybe she hunts. I, I have no way of knowing, but... Knives make great gifts, so... Knives make great gifts, and also, just because it's a hunting knife, it was still thin enough, you could use it in the, you know, in daily life or whatever yeah, else. Yeah. Cool. But. Yeah, I had submitted a, a small, like, a mini cleaver, a little bit like the one that you, uh, you've you been posting recently. <laughs> a 
Well, mine was only like a one inch blade. I, I'm pretty sure yours was bigger oh, than that. It it's probably not. It's maybe double the length then. Okay. Yeah, it's tiny. Um, but Kyle Daly won it, so I need to uh, I need to ship that off to him still. <laughs> Don't I mean um, that was my big worry. I'm yeah, that... I'm nervous about it. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, I put in a knife that I finished probably a year and a half ago. So it's it's not necessarily up to my current standards. And, you know, I'm just kind of wor- worrying like, oh, shit, what if what if a big name gets their hands on this thing that doesn't know me very well? Yeah. yeah. And then that's their their, you know, interpretation of become knives. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when Kyle said that uh, or sorry, when Neil, Neil said that Kyle won, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta like give this knife a, a second look there. <laughs> Not that like you're, if it's somebody you don't know, then you know screw them, send it as it is. No, no. But like you, you just want to make it a little, a little extra. It, well, exactly. You're getting someone who has a much more critical eye that's going to be looking at it. So, sure. Well, tell me about the knife. You said it was a kind of a smaller cleaver. Yeah, I had designed three different knives for a tattoo. Um, convention that I had at, like a, a booth at last uh, summer. Yeah. I, so how, go ahead. So how many people out there have a rainy day forge tattoo on them? <laughs> Probably none. <laughs> Not like uh, Beacon knives. <laughs> Everyone's got one of those tattoos. <laughs> it's wild to me that there's two people with my knife designs on their body. No kidding. No kidding. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, so I made uh, like a series of knives. I was like thinking about what would a, someone who is going to a tattoo show would want to like possibly purchase. So I thought I'll make like th- three different designs of three neck knives. And that's okay. one of the designs that I had come up with. So it's like a, a small like mini cleaver. The neck cleavers are such a huge thing right now. It's right. wild. Yeah. Yeah, I just got to get better at selling them, apparently. <laughs> and, like, you know, on one hand, they don't take up much material. They don't take up much time grinding bevels because they're so small. So you can kind of whip them out relatively quick. But you can't, like, there's there's a delicate balance because if you, if you sell one for, like, something crazy, like 50 or, you know, let's say 50% of what a normal knife would be, yeah. then. It does not add up. Yeah, it, it's just kind of one of those things where it's it's you know you're you're kicking yourself in the butt by having such a cheap I don't know, but you yeah. also feel kind of skeevy, you know, and selling time-wise so too though, Brian. I I think they take almost as long. Like you're standing at the grinder, maybe the bevel isn't quite as long, but that slightly shorter like edge is not like saving that much time. So <laughs> I'm, That's very true. I kind of kick myself in the in the kick myself in the ass, I guess. After having made these, I was like, "Well, okay, I didn't save much time, and I'm not going to be able to sell them for as much because they're small." Um, so, oh well, lesson maybe learned. Maybe the maybe the reason why I think that they go over or they're made so quickly is because I did a a little mini batch of eight of them mm-hmm. for that little you know I, I went to a couple different shows throughout the summer to sell okay. it cool and i did hollow grinds on them which i almost never do hollow grinds really? and it grounds so quickly huh interesting so i don't know maybe it's maybe it's just a weird perception that i have yeah 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 i don't know i don't know so tell me uh, tell me about the materials on this little cleaver uh the one that uh, kyle is getting has um it's like it almost looks like plywood but it's different colors it's mighty morphin power ranger color i got it on yeah yeah that's wild i got it on i think knifemaker.ca or something like that um it's like it's really dense it's terrible on the bandsaw blades it's not a material that i really want to use much again um because it's a little bit fragile It, it like fractures a bit um, okay. if you're not too careful with it but colors are pretty neat and i had the spare material so i was like yeah put it on the little cleaver why not did you post a picture of it on instagram anywhere yeah I'm, it's up there oh oh shoot mm, i'm looking maybe i'll post another can't... picture of it so you can see it yeah it's probably way back 
Oh, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. It, was it sit was it sitting on the side for a little while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was from the summer, right? So okay, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going through your feed, and there's quite a few knives that you've posted up. Um, this this one with the orange handle. Okay. And the uh, segmented handle with that nice little G10 line in there. Yep. I love those segmented handles, and yeah. I really think that it's something I want to get into. Obviously, I'll never be as good as Matt Gentry, but, like, I mean, a boy can dream. <laughs> he does so uh, such nice handles, eh? Yeah, he does. Yeah. So tell me about this. I mean, a couple of the knives that you've just come out, I'm seeing a flay knife. I'm seeing this Damascus situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's the uh, thumbnail for your Peter McKinnon you right, know, right. thing, but... Tell me about tell me about some of the more recent knives that have come out of your shop. Well, nothing's come out recently because I I was editing, um, but that that knife that is the logo or the thumbnail for the Peter McKinnon video that's one that I made last year that or actually two summers ago, but I just couldn't get a good picture of it. I had tried in the bush, went outside, snapped some pictures, but just it didn't do it justice. So okay. creating this this mini studio really opened it up to uh, getting some nice photos of it finally. Um, other than that, yeah, I'm I'm working on new models, so nothing's come out. Sorry, dude. Well, <laughs> what's going on with the new models? What's new? Because, you know, everyone loves the beaver tail situation that we talked about before. Yeah, yeah. With that big old Kydex, you know, crazy situation. Well, well are you are you doing some more Canadian designs like that? No, more Japanese, actually. So I did a bit of research, uh, Google Trends, trying to figure out what knife trends are happening right now. There's not much of anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's Google search that people are really popping on. Um, other than those darn little knives that you see advertised on Facebook, the... Ugh. the yeah, yeah, you know yeah, the ones the, I'm talking about. I know, like the the fake forged or brute to forged yes. texture and the hole and the yeah, yeah, you know. those. God, can you even imagine being a person who sells a knife with a hole in it? That'd be terrible. <laughs> oh, who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they were those those were popping off on Google Trends, but the ones that had a little bit higher rating for like trend search was like japanese style so i was like all right fine if google's telling me that's a little bit higher in the search searches then i'm gonna try a few japanese style knives so i designed a nakiri and a santoku and a petty that are going into like my culinary line and then i've got another line of knives that is more my like bushcrafting line of knives which i haven't really touched yet so what is the rainy day forge you know santoku nakiri petty like what what are you doing to make them like your version of them uh shape wise obviously everyone kind of styles their knives a little bit differently different lines um yeah i don't know maybe some of the handle material i want to um use a bit of uh it's like a it's almost like a stone that you it's it's not actual stone i I got it from uh where is it u.s knife makers okay Um, all right i don't know i buy my kydex from them um and added a few pieces of like like stone looking material so i'm gonna add some of that into the handles man i don't know if i've ever seen a stone looking material in in a handle material no way I guess not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm sleeping on it. Yeah, you know, I wish I had a name for it right here, but uh, maybe I'll look it up. I probably okay. have it uh, nearby. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I guess maybe it's right around that time. Instead of looking it up on your phone, or instead of looking that up on the phone, maybe we switch over to WFI projects. Sure. So I want to start one out real quick. So full steam designs. We all know Chris Powell. He's a great guy. He's doing a make what you fear challenge. And it the make what you fear this year was all around fitness. Okay. And he, he's done this crazy thing where he's taken one of Brian House's grinders and he set it up on this like stool or kind of like it almost looks like what a sawhorse type situation, but way down low. 
It's got a tractor like seat on it, those old wooden or metal seats that kind of form around your tuchus. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's he's powered this thing. He's got like this treadle power. Not like a bike situation, but like an old school treadle where you're pushing down on a slat back and forth okay. to get the motor to turn. Or there's no motor on it. It's just getting the, the drive wheel to turn. And uh, yeah, he's he's kind of made it work. Obviously, it's not going to grind well, but it's such an interesting, like, who the hell does that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Neat. But Chris Powell at full underscore steam underscore designs. Great guy. Always coming out with really interesting things. I mean, just off the wall stuff. He's he's a really great follow, if you're not already. Excellent. All right, I'm looking at Stormlight Forge. He's got a small pendant here with a dragon skin Damascus. So I guess a way of recycling some offcuts is by making pendants, and that's kind of given me a few little ideas of what I can do with the scraps in my shop. Um, but it's like got this blue hue to it. It's really like heavily textured. Looks uh, really nice. Something, uh, something to make your honey. <laughs> I've done that a couple times. Um, you know, Emily always wears one that, that was made out of the um, Baker Forge and Tool um, Damascus. I, I made an EDC three, one of those mm -hmm. finger hole knives I was joking about. Earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, the little hole, you know, when I cut it out, I have this little, you know, donut looking right. thing that's maybe an inch, not even, not even a full inch wide. Do a little bit of shaping on that, put another hole in it, um, just kind of sexy it up, dip it in some ferric chloride, but, or mm -hmm. now gator piss, go yeah, check out yeah. gator piss. Go check out Gator Piss at bakerforge.com. You know, I had to. I'm sorry. Do you have but, some uh, Gator Piss? I, I do. I love it. I've, nice. I've, I haven't etched a lot out of it, but what I have etched is beautiful. Nice, nice. But anyways, I've done these little pendants a couple different ways. And yeah, they're they're not necessarily a, a high seller, but what else are you going to do with your scraps, you know? Right, right. Well, and especially if it's for someone you love, perfect. They actually, they were probably... I guess I say that it's not a big seller, but on the other hand, I went to a little, you know, shop market last summer and I sold, I brought four and I sold four and it's oh. just like, Oh, cool. I nice. mean, put them up for like, I think they're either 30 or 40 bucks because okay. I mean, screw it. It's scraps and then cheap little $1 metal necklaces, or maybe they're a little bit more, but like, you know, you go to Hobby Lobby or somewhere like that, you can buy a whole package of 10 of these you know, cheap necklaces. Okay. Throw it on there and boom, gone. Excellent. Hey, there's there's a great tip. I mean, why not? Yeah. Screw it. Why why not? Um, I'm gonna take uh take up W. S. Scott. He is Trey Scott. His uh his um my goodness, I don't know why I'm brain farting, but his his tag is W. S. Scott one nine eight seven okay. he's showing out some uh freshly made he's calling them freshly made hammers they're forging hammers look really big and stout um but yeah they're really well made i'm loving the hickory i'm not sure if it's hickory but it looks like hickory handles okay it did really well on them there's a couple forging hammers and a cross bean hammer and it looks like a dog head hammer i'm not quite sure if that's a dog head hammer kind of um the second to the right like middle right okay I'm but, not seeing yeah. it, so. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, all these. If I mean, I'm not sure if he made them, but it looks like he made them, and they they look really beautiful. Nice. All right, time for another. Yeah, why not? All right, so this is uh, a Canadian here. I'm gonna shout him out, Peppa Ash, Axe, and he restores a lot of axe heads and then puts new handles on them. And he's gotten ads here sitting out on a piece of birch out in the snow with a like nice mountainy background. And uh, I, I love the guy's work. He does like he was there was a video he put out this week of him doing a paper cut where you take like a tube of paper and slice through it. And he does it with like an axe. And I'm like, how the heck Yo. is he getting that type of edge? on an axe so that's why i don't know what he's doing he's doing it right though so he's <laughs> he's a cool follow he's uh i think he's in quebec nice yeah. nice 
And that is Quebec, not Quebec. Well, what it depends on which language you spoke first. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm a French speaker, so. All right, all right. Yeah. I mean, I've always heard Quebec. Quebec, like, Quebec, Quebec. Ah. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. Tomato, potato. Yeah, I had <laughs> funny. I had a, a student because um, I was a high, a middle school teacher, and he had written something about the Toronto Maple Leafs and he wrote like a paragraph and I was like, what are these words? And he's like, Toronto, T-R-O-N-O. -O. And I'm like, Toronto. It's <laughs> like, well, that's how they pronounce it on TV. They say Toronto. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's Toronto. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Went back and corrected it. It's just cute. Yeah. That is, that is kind of funny. That is kind of funny. So we're getting towards the end of the show. Do you happen to have a dad joke or maybe you can look up one? Oh, dude, I, I'd have to look one up. Okay. While you're looking one up, I'm going to kind of, you know, tell our viewers all about the after show. So if you want to listen to the after show and support us by um, giving us a dollar a month or however much you want – Go over to patreon.com. That is where you're not only going to be able to support us, you're going to have some interaction with us. And also, you can give us questions to that we will discuss in the after show. The question this this time around comes from ten, Tim Fisher. And his question is, how do you think your customers see your brand? And how are you sculpting your brand's image? Very interesting question. And we're going to talk about that in the after show. But of course, you gotta you gotta sign up. I mean, you can't give everything away for free around here, you know. Gotta 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 do something with it. But Thanks. yeah, um, excuse me. Um, yeah, you definitely. I mean, we we very very greatly appreciate your guys' support, and uh, yeah, let's have some fun with it. Awesome. Did, did that give you enough time? Did I vamp enough? I've got one. I've got one. Yeah. Sweet. So, I don't trust those trees. They seem kind of shady. All right. An oldie but a goodie. Oldie Since I'm here, I'll do another one. Why do seagulls fly over the ocean? Why is that? Because if they flew over the bay, we'd call them bagels. They're pretty lame, but yeah, well, dad jokes that's are what, lame. That's exactly what a dad joke is. It's lame. Because dads are, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> We're pretty lame. I get told all the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. All right. Well, I feel like this was a great show. And if you guys want to support us again, like I just said, check out the Patreon. But let's do – I guess I'll just do my normal outro. Be Justin, before, where the hell can people before find Before you? you do, though, Brian, I have to say your interview with Ryan Coakley was really good. I did enjoy it quite a bit. I messaged Ryan telling him how much I enjoyed it. So, Oh, man, I appreciate that. Giving you props there. Thank you, thank you. I really enjoy the the uh, interviews, and I really enjoyed our interview. Maybe we need to do another one. One day, let's do it. All right, man. Where can people find you? Rainy Day Forge. I'm pretty much everywhere. That's all there is to it. <laughs> all right, guys. We all appreciate your guys' support. I hope you all have a fantastic working week. Man, I never hit this outro right on the money, and I'm so sorry about it. <laughs> oh, goodness. How much more of this song is there? coming it's coming there it is let's get into that after show all right